Dele Kong. Your curiosity quest starts here. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> oh, welcome into the Kinko podcast. Are you going to explain what you're laughing about? No, I just think everybody just look at <laughs> Danny's picture and <laughs> just, just take note of his head placement. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't well, know. Yeah. I don't know if that is a phallic shit piece of the statue like you. It looks like. I mean, I agree. It what looks else like is it? it? But do you think they really put that on there? I mean, you got to be accurate. It'd be kind of weird <laughs> not to have it. We have a statue of David with no penis. Like, <laughs> it should be there. You'd be like, what's wrong with the statue? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so welcome in. Sorry for the laughter, but uh, I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> I'm just too... Just welcome into another episode of I'm the Q-Code Podcast. <laughs> I'll take. I'll have to take it so the Trav can have his jollies right now. That is the worst. I was gonna say right now. That was why that word. (laughs) That's like Mr. Rich. You remember Mr. Rich, our band teacher, used to say jollies. Yeah. Be like, some of you out there are getting your jollies by goofing off, giggling in class. But anyway, um, we are back with another episode. Um, last week, you guys would have caught our lost episode that we uh, thought we had lost. We recorded a couple months back on the coronavirus back. I mean, this was probably what, lar- late March when it was like early days of the coronavirus. We thought that. Yeah, it was pre TM. It was pre TM. Um, but we thought we lost it because we sent a file into Zoom to have them work on uh, fixing it because there was something wrong with the file and we never heard back from them. But then Alan was able to watch a YouTube video. Is that what he said? Uh? Yeah. And he was able to figure out how to fix the file himself so we're able to get it back so you guys can hear probably outdated from the fact that uh you're listening to it quite a bit after the fact that we had the conversation but it was literally like a 45 second youtube video but it was finding the right youtube video that took forever that actually explained exactly what i needed so there you I have haven't it. haven't listened to the episode, but I hope it's just full of references that feel incredibly dated now. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, the worst thing that could happen in 2020 right now is that these movies I like don't come out and all these sorts of things that just feel... <laughs> I mean, if someone started protesting right now, that'd be bananas, right? And everything's always like, feeling really dated. <laughs> this virus will blow over in a couple of days. Tops, guaranteed. You can quote me on that. Danny Barnes. <laughs> riddled with all sorts of inconsistencies. No, nah, I just well, assumed that we uh, they, we didn't get the file because it was too large. I swear that was like a three hour long episode. I don't know how long it was. I'll have to look. It was like maybe close to two. But we covered in hindsight when I had to write the show notes to, to release it, we, I realized I'm like, oh yeah, we covered like 
the pandemics of the past was like a huge portion of what we did. Oh, so we went yeah. back and we talked about like uh, the Black Plague and the uh, Spanish flu and AIDS and all that stuff. So they probably put like six zoom employees on it, but did none of them could make it all the way through to fix your videos. <laughs> like we've expended too much manpower doing this <laughs> time to move on, leave them behind. <laughs> but if you guys have been listening um, before that, we had a series that we were doing on confusing to me. Can he's but no same thing I'm seeing. Yeah, <laughs> I did, and then I went from like happy Alan to like angry Alan. <laughs> <laughs> the blink of an eye. <laughs> anyway, you guys were cutting out like for the last thirty seconds, so I don't know what you guys- were cutting out. I think. You oh. were complete. You were completely frozen on the. Uh, you you were laughing in the most jolly of positions. You were like <laughs> leaned back like something out of Santa Claus, just chuckling. Your belly bouncing like bowls full of jelly, and then all of a sudden, you're like hard cut, and you were like angry. <laughs> so, in case anybody didn't catch, since I'm the one recording, you guys are the ones that are going to be frozen in that. No. Yeah. but like i said just in case you didn't catch what we just said in case it cut out um but yeah we before uh this we did each of us did a conspiracy we talked about so we're kind of wrapping up i know we said we were wrapping up of the four of us and we decided to do one on the denver airport and the conspiracy that uh, surrounds that as you can tell from each of our pictures trav has a weird mural picture alan has the airport i have the the bronco and trav mydell has some sand i put colts into google and this came up oh so i put it on it's a pretty cool it's It's pretty cool it's not a vigil i mean (laughs) like unless it's a vigil led by the devil himself (laughs) (laughs) anyway so that's what we're gonna get into today um one interesting thing, fact, or I guess facts about the Denver airport for anybody who doesn't know, it was opened in 1995, um, so it's not super old. It's, I guess, 25 years old at this point, um, but they were 16 months behind schedule when uh, they completed the Denver, Denver airport, and it cost them an extra two over $2 billion from their original budget uh, in order to complete it. And so that's kind of one of the things that people question about the Denver airport in general. Um, so we'll get into that. But because it was 16 months late and behind schedule, it reminded me of a question that I have for you guys. And our intro question of the week is, what's the longest you've ever waited for when you ordered a package? Like, what was the longest you had to wait <laughs> for your package to get to you in the mail? I was wondering when I saw that I question. Love I was how- like, I don't understand why this is a question we're asking, but now your context <laughs> makes more sense. I don't get it, though, really. I don't I get mean, that you can be 16 months over schedule just pitching a bunch of, bunch of tents, basically. 
Yeah. <laughs> took me a second, but I'm like, cool. okay, because the roof. The roof looks like tents. <laughs> Alan wasn't just talking about boners. He was... <laughs> <laughs> 16 yeah, months over budget, just pitching a 10. Pitch a 10 every day, under budget. <laughs> How could that cost $2 billion? <laughs> um, pitch, pitch 10s for free. Uh, um, but yeah, so, Trap My Dell, why don't you start? Oh, thanks. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to start. So fortunate. Hey, Danny, why don't you hey, tell the reason why you came up with this? <laughs> I just... Danny is very upset right now because he's got a package that is has be, is being delayed. He doesn't know why. So he just wanted to talk about it. And he wants he's he's frustrated and this is his way to get it out into the world. And I guarantee you that some little piece of him is very is hoping very much so that whoever it is that is has his item is watching. <laughs> And he will feel remorse for not sending his package on time. You better hope he's not watching. I think this will only fuel the fire of him not wanting to send it. What did you order that's missing? It's a card. Trav and I ordered a card or bought a card on eBay um, like over a week ago and it still hasn't come. Over a week ago? Chill out, dude. (laughs) It's not Amazon. It doesn't ship overnight. But it is. Everybody tells you three day shipping. Wow. Yeah, it told you it's supposed wow. to be here on the fifth. Leave him bad reviews. It hasn't been. Wow. It hasn't got here yet. Um, but I did message yeah. him. So Trav doesn't know this yet. I just barely heard from him right before we got on this podcast. But um, he took a picture of an envelope with your name on it, Trav, and your address, and he sent it to me and said, "I did mail it." And so I said, okay, I'll keep waiting for it. So we'll see if it ever should. Did he give you a tracking number? No, because I there wasn't one. Normally people have tracking numbers, but he should have got your tracking number. He didn't have he didn't have one. He's like, because it's not a high value card, no. I just did a plain white envelope and he called it a PWE. That's oh, so dumb. he just He's sent it dummy. he just sent it in a letter form. Yeah. Like a letter. And yeah. he just wrote my name on it. Yeah. So you look should for just it. Give him some seriously bad reviews. He needs, one, he needs to pad that envelope. And two, he should be able to track a number. Tracking numbers are virtually free. It's not like you have to have some kind of... Well, they just basically give them to you now for free of charge. Yeah. But just get a tracking number. It's like good for him and for you. Yeah, but what then, he did was he just put a freaking stamp on it, probably. Yeah, yeah, he did. He put a stamp He put a on stamp it. on it? Yeah. Unless, I'll, I'll have to send you guys the picture after this. Unless Trav got it and he just threw it away like it was junk mail, not knowing. Yeah, I thought it was a credit card. Yeah. No. Tossed in the garbage. <laughs> it, is, I'm aware. it is handwritten. <laughs> yeah, but do you know how many letters I get that are handwritten? Are you? Do you get a lot of letters that are handwritten? I don't get any handwritten no, letters. Like printed <laughs> in a font that looks handwritten. Like, eh. Alan, Alan is part of a lot of like chain mail. <laughs> like, send this letter to ten other people, or your family's cursed. You know how many letters I get in the mail? <laughs> I got a package today. 
Well, I don't feel that bad for you because it's a week, but I hope it does come. I just think that like, I wonder if the guy was like, you're like, Hey, where's my package? And he's like, sorry, I just, my wife's got coronavirus and I lost my job in the economy and <laughs> my business. And you're like, send me my card already. <laughs> <laughs> it was due here three days ago. And he's like, <sighs> well, I ordered a, uh, well, never <laughs> The longest I had to wait for something, and it was terrible. I waited three and a half months for something that was supposed to be here in five days. And it was, I was like, I ordered a custom built um, comic book holder. And so it was like two, two drawers. Like it's like a chest. It was like four drawers wide, two on the top. So it was like eight drawers total. And they were like hand built and designed. So you could like slide the comics in the front. So they were exposed and they slid out and they were super nice and custom built. And it was coming all in one piece. And the guy who was amazing, who I bought it from, gave it to like a new delivery driver because they can't just like stick that in an envelope and put a stamp on it. So they had to like hire somebody. And it was like $300 for me to ship this across the country to me from New Jersey where he made it. And the guy was like, yeah, I'll be there in five days. And it took me five days. And so he calls me, the driver, and was like, hey, I'm down in, it was like kind of just north of Portland between like Portland and Spokane. And he was like, I broke down or not Spokane, Tacoma in Washington. And he's like, I broke down. I'll be there tomorrow. I just got to repair my tires. And I was like, okay. And that, that from that moment began a three month excursion of me waiting for him to get essentially an hour up the coast to me. And he was <laughs> and like, every day I called him new things were happening where he's like, I like woke up this morning and the engine fell out. And I was like, what? And I was like, can you just rent a truck? And he's like, I'll be there tomorrow, I swear. And it went on for like three months and we were threatening. I called the police on him. Like it got really heated. And then like his wife called me and she's like, he had a heart attack because he's so stressed out about getting a bad review from you that he's in the hospital and he can't deliver it. And I'm like, do you hear the words you were saying right now? <laughs> Ludicrous they sound. And he like finally showed up like three months later and dropped it off. And it was like had leaves in it and stuff. And it was all like dinged up. And I was like, he was like, it was in a parking lot. And I was like, what? And he's like, you thought I was going to steal it, didn't you? This will show you that I wasn't going to steal it. And I'm like, you're three months late. <laughs> I don't care if you stole it. At this point, you may as well have it. The guy's building me a new one. It was so ridiculous. It Wait, was so one of the worst experiences I've ever had. In my so life. did you get a second one? No, because when it arrived, it was covered in leaves and it was all beaten up. But I took it inside and I did a little bit of woodsman magic on it. Like I got one of those little pens, you know, the yeah. like paint and I did a little of that and cleaned up a lot of the edges, got the leaves out of it, dusted it down. It wasn't too bad once I got it all put there, but I was livid by the time he got there. Well, the guy who built it wasn't the guy that was deliver delivering it. No, he used a company to deliver it. Some dude. Um, but the guy like, um, well, I called the police on him and it was a really awkward conversation. And the police were like, now what got stolen? And I was like, it's a comic book shelf. It stores my comic books. And he's like, who stole it? And I was like, it was custom built and delivered to me. Just like rent. That was my comic book shelf to the police officer. It was like, I'm not taking this call. <laughs> well, Actually, that's better the story than I expected somebody to have. That's, that's pretty good. Practice hmm? with your nerd push, yeah, push your nerd, push your glasses up the bridge of your nose. It's like what are you like? I'll tell you what, Star Trek's better than Star Wars, and you shove them up your nose. So, <laughs> like a point. 
<laughs> Anybody else have a story? Not really. I think we probably should have ended on him because <laughs> that was the good. My one. story was just going to be on uh, what? What's today? I think it was like Friday. I ordered a Viking hat, a fitted one, and it's supposed to be here on Wednesday, and I'm still waiting. <laughs> it's supposed to be here on this coming Wednesday. Yeah. So it's not even late yet. It's still <laughs> cracking. <laughs> so your story is really exciting. But I'm still waiting for Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, Wednesday's only like a day and a half away, guys. I mean, you never know. At this point, anything goes. Or they were out of stock of the black hats, so I had to settle for a purple hat. Which is still my favorite color is Viking purple, but black goes with everything. So I wanted that. But yeah, <laughs> tough, tough life. I do appreciate your company, Tramadel, Amazon. Now they, they typically they typically over under promise, over deliver because a lot of times they'll be like, "This is out of stock, and you will not receive it for a month and a half during this pandemic." And then two days later, I have it on my doorstep. So. I appreciate that. Yeah, I do a lot of that myself. I personally <laughs> often go down and say, do my friend Daniel needs his stuff? Can we go ahead and expedite it? Thanks. And our guy, Dave, who runs the shipping down there, he's like, sure. Yeah, it's fine. It's very easy. We're all very close. I, I figured. I family figured. Company. I figured. I was, I'm like, I got a man on the inside, so don't worry. Yeah. I was reading a bunch of like Amazon reviews like a month ago for some reason. And like there were a bunch of people bashing Amazon saying like it's bullshit. Suck. They're not doing <laughs> this won't get me any of my packages. <laughs> you know, like, really? Amazon's like doing bad now? What I don't no, know. Amazon's not people like I mean Amazon look. Actually I'm not gonna get into this because I could probably get fired, so let's just move on to a different topic. <laughs> so All right. So really the real reason that I brought this question up is uh here's an article. <laughs> that I Always across. an article. <laughs> so it what? wasn't because of the airport, and it wasn't because you're angry that you have a delayed package. There was a third reason. <laughs> an article. What are you reading that takes you, Danny? Do you realize that all of the articles that you've read for these podcast episodes have to do with parcel delivery? <laughs> Trav, just so you know, there were several episodes, like, towards the beginning of this podcast, that he just kept talking about different ways that parcels can be delivered. It is, I don't get your, what is your obsession with it? Why, why do you keep reading, why do you keep reading articles about delivering packages? He's checking that website, parceldelivery.com, every day, reading up the news. Why is this an interest of yours? <laughs> the parcel day. Down the line. We talk about our secret passions, Danny's going to be like, That's what package delivery. See what's going where, who's getting what, you know. Like, I don't think anybody in the history of the world has ever researched parcel delivery as much as Danny has. He's like the modern stamp collector. He's just like moved into the next phase. 
It's not about stamps anymore. It's about tracking. I, I totally forgot about those other ones, but yeah. Apparently, <laughs> I do have a thing for parcels. You forget. <laughs> This is he forgets because he just spent so much time learning about it all of <laughs> This episode is just gonna be the thing but laughter from no one's gonna hear anything other than my my wispy laughter or whatever you call it. <laughs> so no anyway, I stumbled across an article titled Canadian man receives package ordered eight years earlier. <laughs> and that's what got me thinking about it. But yeah, as a Toronto man said he was surprised and confused when a package showed up at his home containing a product that he had ordered eight years earlier. Elliot Bernstein said a Canada post delivery work worker left a package from West L.C.A. on his doorstep, May 6th, and he was initially confounded about its origins. I was very confused because I hadn't ordered anything from well.com in a while, Bernstein told CBC News, and when then remembered one time about eight years ago, I ordered something from them. The package included a tube of Brill Cream, a hairstyling product he had ordered in 2012, along with an invoice dated that year. I started laughing because I thought it was pretty funny that it came eight years later. So, and it kind of goes on to say that he got this package eight years late. He figured that somebody just found the package, it like sitting in the corner of the factory, and then decided like, oh, it must have never got shipped, and just shipped it. Was it delivered by Tom Hanks? That's why I was gonna say the same thing. I was gonna make that same <laughs> joke. High five. Just little cream. Bam. Bam. Wait, why? Because Castaway, he delivers that FedEx package at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, Iowa. that's right. <laughs> what was it? That's what was in it? Was Brill Cream? No, yeah. you don't know what's in it. That's the mystery. <laughs> so, <laughs> I always think there was like a raft. A raft should have opened it up. <laughs> or like some like An inflatable GPS raft. Phone. They're like, my, my uh, like three-day, what are those, like three-day like life-surviving packages? Like my three-day life-saving package came with like, a flare gun and a raft and an SOS sign. And he's like, should have opened that back. <laughs> it's, it's got a space blanket. It's got. <laughs> it was like a beach ball. Yeah, that would have, that actually would have been pretty good. It was a beach ball. He could have had another it. Wilson. A week <laughs> Well, Danny, this is great. I, I have appreciated this interesting detour into the world of your package session. <laughs> Glad. So, yeah, they did it. ask. <laughs> they did ask him if he used the Brill Cream, um, and he he stated that he did not because he was unaware of this condition that it was in because it was discolored by the time that he opened it. So, what what is Bill, What's Brill Cream again? It's like styling gel, kind of gel maybe. Yeah, oh. it's like I think it's like, but it's creamy, like cream. <laughs> like a something about Mary type deal. Uh, I guess. So anyway, let's get into the Denver Airport conspiracy. What do you guys think? Yes, I would like it was to. a great transition about it. <laughs> Natural. What we were speaking talking about of, easily moves into of the topic. Late packages. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, if no, anyone that makes sense. <laughs> being built 16 months late, I wouldn't uh, count on any flights being on time. 
Okay, Dad, thanks for that joke. <laughs> like they had just scheduled it and they're like, everything is pushed back 16 months. We're going to do our best to catch up. And now here they are still trying to catch up 25 years later. It's like the doctor's office. Once you fall behind, it's just hard to pick back up again. <laughs> it's just perpetual. But anyway, yeah, so the conspiracy, the Denver airport conspiracy, in a nutshell, and you guys feel free to expand on this because this is a very simplistic uh, version, but it's believed that the airport in Denver was actually built by a group of people known as the New World Order. This group of people has built the airport really as a facade or a cover-up for a series of underground tunnels and buildings and secret bases that they can utilize in the case of an emergency. Like if things go to shit around the world, in essence, meaning whether it's a pandemic or a world (laughs) nuclear bombs or whatever reason that forces them to have riots. Yeah. Whatever it is, forces them to have to go seek shelter somewhere. So it's a place where the world's elite can go and hide um, in this underground city, basically, that's supposedly underneath there. Uh, Do you guys, I mean, that's the gist of what I got from the overall conspiracy. And we'll get into details here in a minute, but you guys have anything else that was very shocking as far as the overall conspiracy goes? Well, I don't, when I was growing up, the New World Order was on, it was like a wrestling thing, wasn't it? WWE. NWO. Was yeah, like within that's right. WWE. So I, watched a, I watched a lot of wrestling as I was growing up, but <laughs> I forgot about the NWO. But, Thanks for sharing that, Danny. That was that was real great. That was a great <laughs> conversation. Really added to the, the dynamic there that was presented. Um, I think I've heard about. I've heard like this. I don't know. I I think I've also heard the same thing about the Illuminati. Basically, is that they want to kill off most of the population so that we don't destroy the Earth or whatever. Yeah. But I think with these guys, they don't want to kill off the earth necessarily. They just have this as a place to go to in case things get bad, which right, right now they would be occupying. They should be like moving on down <laughs> there. But like, I think the thing that about this, and we'll obviously get into this more that kind of makes me doubt this whole thing is like, if you were really going to build like a secret place like this, would you be like, let's decorate it in the most conspicuous, like conspicuous things. Like you would just build this. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you would just build a normal airport and be like, it's under there, but you wouldn't be like, let's put weird pictures in the giant blue horse statue and make it super weird and make people constantly question whether something is actually down there or not. <laughs> yeah. No, that's my end conclusion too, is basically like why. And even watching that documentary, there was a documentary that Alan, Trav and I have each watched Trav Cole. Um, that for kind of, out. <laughs> I was busy. It was a busy week. No, you're fine. You weren't supposed to watch the documentary. You could have just left it at Trav, Allen, and I, and no one would have known which one. <laughs> oh, let me get credit where credit's due. I'm talking about Trav Cole, not Trav Mydell. But yeah, like, 
we watched uh, the documentary, and now at this point, I forgot where I was going with this. So, well done, Trav Mydell. You threw Man. me off. Was it your like final concluding statements about? <clears throat> yeah, um, you got to your concluding statements oh, quick. That's right. Yeah. So at the I mentioned it while I was because Trav Cole came over and and watched it briefly um, with me. But yeah, one of my comments was. <laughs> I only watched a little bit of it. I only briefly watched. <laughs> Romantic. I like it. But I did mention to him, like, it doesn't make any sense that if they go to all this trouble to freaking create like this secret base or whatever they're doing, that they would like just keep putting all these hints out there. It kind of goes back to the Beatles thing where it's like they are apparently trying to cover up the death of Paul McCartney, but in doing so, they just, they're putting out all these clues that he died and that they replaced him. So similar type of thing on this one, but with the uh, Denver airports, um, some of the reasons that I had or that I caught that were, would cause people to think that there is actually this conspiracy around it. Um, again, we mentioned earlier, it was 16 months late. It was over $2 billion over budget. So a lot of people are saying like, what would cause it to be so far over budget um, for an airport? It's not, the airport's actually not government owned from my understanding. <clears throat> um, it was privately built um, and funded. So there's people who think or conspiracize or whatever that the money actually came from the Rothschild family, AKA, or also like possibly the queen of England who was just fencing for the Rothschild family, um, <clears throat> is kind of some of the stories behind that. The Rothschild family, does anyone know any more about the Rothschild family as far as details? Because I feel like they pop up a lot in these type of conspiracies having to do with the Illuminati or, in this case, the New World Order. Weren't they I don't just think I even know who they are. This might be the like first really, time I've heard of them. Really rich family, kind of like Rockefellers type deal. Is that what it is? Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. They're a very wealthy family, but I just don't know uh, the details and why they're always associated with all these different conspiracies. That's something I guess I'll have to look into at a different time. Um, but yeah, so other things were there was claims that way more dirt was moved during the building of this airport than that should have been moved during the building of this airport. And that dirt is still being moved to this day, meaning they think that they're still digging and building things underneath the airports. Um, so those are some of the highlights as far as like parts of the airport or during the building of the airport that make people question things. Um, and then this brings me back to the, the documentary that we watched. Trav, do you want to explain to them how the main character, not the main character, the host of the documentary is a geologist and that he was able, what he concluded as far as trying to prove whether or not it was even possible to build so uh, first off, tunnels underneath the airport. I was going to say, before you go, I was going to say, this is, I had an issue with this part and I'll okay. explain after If you don't bring it up, I'll explain. Yeah. So, let me just start off by saying that the host, Scott Walters, has seen National Treasure 
one and two probably way too many times. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it is over dramatized um, for everything. Like he'll call up, <laughs> he called up this, like some director of the airport and was like, hi, this is Scott Walters and I'm investigating the conspiracy of the new world order and the bunker you have under your airport. Please give me a call back. And I'm like, she's not going to call you back. (laughs) But it starts out super weird because like this guy, like Scott Walters goes and he talks to, just and I I don't know maybe I wasn't paying attention at the very beginning but apparently find some guy who you know is is very certain that there is a conspiracy going on here and to start their investigation off they go out to a field three or four miles away from the airport and they dig a hole and uh, they they get some he gets some dirt in his hands and he gets one of those little eye like monocle thing. monocle thing. I'd almost <laughs> but, yeah, but I would say it's more like a yeah. yeah like a gem type of yeah puts that on and he's like yeah <laughs> I don't remember the type of dirt but he's just like it was sandstone this is sandstone you could definitely build a bunker in sandstone <laughs> 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 and, and it's like that's how it starts well when he Just, said first of all he goes he goes this is mostly sandstone and it's mostly quartz <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the other buddy <laughs> but yeah so that was like his way of starting out it's like okay well, my findings as a geologist, and trust me, I know dirt. You could dig in this. And I'm like, yeah, you guys just use a little tiny shovel and you guys dug about two feet deep. So you could dig in it. <laughs> but, so my issue with it is, yeah, they literally, this is like a few miles away from the airport. Um, and they dig about two feet deep one hole, one specimen that he examines. And it's like, there's a saying that like, if you go to the ocean and you scoop up a cup of water and there's no fish in it, you can't just conclude, well, there are no fish in the ocean. Does that make sense? That's true. That's a that, is, burn. that is a I saying. Call up Scott Dug down two feet and you looked at one little sample for like 30 seconds. And you're going to conclude everything based off of that. It's true. He does. I mean, I get what he's trying to do. And I, this is my conclusion as far as his reasoning to even put it in there is he says like in his intro, it's a whole series. So it's called, uh, the documentary is called America unearthed and it's this whole series. Yeah. It's this whole series that basically, he goes around and uses his geological knowledge to prove things or disprove things or look into whatever it is that he's trying to figure out. And so I think with the Denver airport conspiracy, 
like the real, really the only geological thing he can test is just whether or not it was even possible to build tunnels underneath the ground in that area. And so that's why he was testing it. But <laughs> but it sounds like he didn't even do a good job of that. His one job, the one thing he could do to prove it, he was like, a one sample two miles away is good enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, not only that, if you're digging a tunnel, wouldn't you dig it deeper than two feet? Like, yeah. yeah. It's not even like a no idea garden what. basement. <laughs> and he could have he could have done multiple holes like in a circular perimeter all around the airport would have been a little bit more data. Who's the guy that you think first noticed there was more dirt coming out of that airport? Like some guys (laughs) like driving to work every day and he's like, they sure are moving a lot of dirt out of that airport. (laughs) (laughs) Wonder what's going on behind that fence. (laughs) It's just more, it's just geologists testing if they can uh, actually dig. Yeah, I just don't even know if I would ever notice that. In a, like, they could be moving like a giant tank in there, and I'd be like, "That's a, that's a tank going in there." I don't know. Yeah, we have Kennecott Copper Mine here. It's been there for my entire life. Every time I look at it, it just looks the same. I'm sure they're moving a lot of dirt, but I don't notice any difference. I have a quick question for you guys: Is Alan freezing continually, or is it just me? Okay. So nothing that I just said. Sometimes you freeze. Yes. So do, do you. I freeze sometimes? Yeah, no, you guys have frozen a couple times for me, but I don't know who's. Look, I never freeze. <laughs> <laughs> for anybody who's not watching, Trev is, pre- is pretending to freeze. I'm doing a fantastic job at it. I don't know if you saw Trav, but Danny froze the moment you froze. <laughs> pretended to freeze. Wait, no, I, I didn't did? notice that. I didn't notice that. That was enjoyable. that would be enjoyable though. <laughs> anyway, okay, moving on. Uh, so the <laughs> yeah, I mean the soil check thing was kind of one of those, and I agree with you, Alan. And I think that was our whole point. It was just it seemed very. Uh, like weak evidence, I guess that there possibly could be tunnels. I mean, underneath the uh, Denver well, and the, <laughs> the whole thing about it was is that he's just feeding into this this like gentleman's delusions or whatever, whatever you want to call it. But he's like, "Yep, they definitely could dig there." And this guy's like, "I knew it." <laughs> but like, just, even if there are tunnels. I, I imagine most airports have tunnels because there's probably things they're like moving around down there. Like I just, it's not to me. They actually real, do have, and they, they take them later on a tour of the tunnels underneath where they had like this huge um, baggage. What do you call them? Conveyor like, belt. Like the baggage claim type of system. Yeah. That um, they the couldn't ever Toy Story. working fully. So they, yes, they used it. to use. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 
yeah, we'll go into the the underground tunnels in a little bit. But yeah, they they found them. I guess the real question is, well, is there more tunnels underneath that? So that's just like the top level. But who's to say there's not like multiple levels of tunnels underneath? The tunnels that? have tunnels. Yeah. And so they also, I mean, they say that there's buildings underneath there that are like eight stories high. Um, so it's got to be like this huge, massive undertaking. <laughs> no way. Like, <laughs> really deep. How far down do they need to show him before he's convinced? It's like the whole theory there used to be of like the world was just held up on a tortoise's back. And then somebody goes, well, what's that tortoise standing on? And they go, it's just tortoises the whole way down <laughs> yeah what was that from though i've heard that before i've heard it too even hawking mentions it in uh his book a brief history of time ah. it's also stephen king uses the turtle too in some of his yeah. stories as well yeah <laughs> nice so Anyway, that brings us to, uh, we'll start with the evil Bronco. The evil Bronco was not mentioned in the documentary. Wait, 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 wait. Are we moving on from the New Order? Or is this still New Order stuff? Because I know there's multiple conspiracies. I'm curious if this is, are we still talking New Order? Because I have a New Order thing. Yeah, we're still talking New Order. Um, Basically everything. I mean, we can go under alternate uh, conspiracies at the end. Um, One thing I just wanted to mention about the New Order building it is the airport's dedication marker credits an organization called the new world airport commission for building it which is part of what fuels the conspiracy but what's crazy is that nobody can find the sense that this organization actually exists oh and so that like kind of tends to well since you're bringing it up trav why don't you bring up image number two first then alan if you wouldn't mind we could i spoil something danny no you didn't spoil it i mean i just had it queued up as number two um, but <laughs> he's all disappointed. I, know. Uh, I feel like I broke his little heart. <laughs> gotta go to that one first. Well, I guess since uh, you already ruined uh, it. So, for anybody who's that. watching, <clears throat> so there is a capstone um, at the. Denver Airport. Um, here's an image of it for anybody who's watching on YouTube. If anybody's not watching on YouTube, uh, just Google Freemason Capstone at Denver Airport. You'll see an image of it. But you can see, like, predominantly, like, right in the middle, there is the Freemason symbol. Um, and it was dedicated March 19th, 1994. But there was a woman in the documentary that had a really good point. She's like, because he questioned her about this capstone, and she said, well, yeah, like the Freemasons make a lot of capstones for a lot of public buildings. We're just one of the many. And it's, I didn't go look specifically, but to me, that sounds probably right. Like, I don't think the Freemasons can be this powerful secret organization with the cost of just one capstone. I mean, they've got to be selling many capstones to fund that kind of organization. Don't you guys agree? I don't know that the Freemasons make their money on capstone selling. I think they do other things. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree that you're like right in the larger viewpoint, but your idea that the Freemasons just solely make capstones and then they've invested heavily into this one capstone. They're not like the Amish with their fireplaces. <laughs> yeah, it's just... But yes, I think in theory you're correct. Also... I mean, the Freemasons are not the New World Order, so it's sort of like a different 
conspiracy though as well to some degree if you're going to get into the freemasons because that's a whole other thing yeah there's a lot of uh conspiracy crossover i feel with this whole story with the whole denver airport thing and i agree with you trav on that so but yeah so that's the whole story behind the capstone but it was just it was just made in dedication of the opening of the airport uh in 1994 so if we go back one image, Al, we can go back to the evil Bronco. Again, this was not in the uh, documentary, and I'm not even sure how, if any way, that this really ties into the conspiracy as far as the New World Order goes, other than it's just a creepy-looking Bronco that's just outside of the Denver airport. Um, the weird story behind it, and Trap My Dell, if you know more t- the story feel free to share but during the making of this statue of a giant blue bronco with glowing red eyes uh a part of it fell off and landed or on top of the artist i believe uh ended up killing the artist and it was until later the the artist's family finished uh funded and finished the project for him in memory of him and then they put it at the uh denver airport but so they evil after it killed him I guess. I mean, I still don't really... There's two questions that I would have. One, why do they have an evil-looking Bronco? Oh, other than I get that like, the Denver Broncos play there, and they probably have wild horses there at some point, at least. Um, but what does that mean? Like, Why would you put that? And why do they have to have glowing red eyes? And then two, what does that have anything to do Maybe. with the conspiracy? Maybe it's just like in no one's ever gotten a good picture of it. Like they always just accidentally catch it with the red eye. <laughs> Alan's like on dad joke fever tonight. I know. <laughs> um, well, I think the, you know, the thing about the horses, um, like from what I read and I, I had to look it up right before we talked cause I couldn't remember what it was exactly, but they, the artist claimed that the red eyes were like the wild spirit of America. He said like, it was like, it wasn't intent. I, the dude has obviously never seen Terminator or any other robot movies. <laughs> it just takes one of those movies to know that the moment something's eyes turn red, that it has gone evil. But for him, I think it was like meant to capture like the fact that it was like a wild horse out there. that's just like living free, which seems, super fishy but i think what a lot of people where it leans into the conspiracy theories is a lot of people say that it it relates to the four horsemen of the apocalypse and that's what i think a lot of that um those series and of course like you said danny it doesn't help that the guy who was building it died from it Um, yeah so i think that does add to the conspiracy but again it just doesn't there's no explanation that i saw granted it's not like i dug super super deep into it but why the horse itself necessarily has anything to do with the conspiracy and maybe it doesn't really but people just like to bring it up because it's just a weird creepy looking horse and it kind of fits the mold of many of the other things we'll talk about here in a minute at the airport itself they do call it lucifer which i think is pretty great Well, that's, that's, like an Alan, that's like an Alan level joke. <laughs> <laughs> I would say though, it's not even just the eyes that make it like look evil. Like if you look down here, like it has these weird veiny things and then like ribs are showing, like it's almost like a skeleton-y, like malnourished bronco. 
The whole thing. Really? I don't think I've any ever heard anybody say that it was malnourished, but that's a good point. And Danny's done a lot of research and talked to a lot of people, so he's basing that knowledge <laughs> up really deep. As just moments ago, he told us, I didn't look into it, but that sounds about right to me when referring to the plaques of the Freemasons business. So, it's made to look healthy. Look, it's all just jaggedy. It's not like free-flowing and full. <laughs> I mean, See, it is that's... like undoubtedly a weird horse. I think their biggest, the Denver airport's biggest crime is just picking weird artists to like put their stuff together. Yeah, uh, which takes us great transition Trav. that takes us right into our next topic which is the murals at the denver airport so if you want to bring up the next image alan um but yeah they have these strange murals that are just throughout the denver airport that people are trying to read into um here's one that has just a series of animals um this seems to be like a dead person child like in the casket on the bottom right hand corner um it's just i don't know i mean what would you guys make of this particular picture just looking at it i mean it just seems odd i guess like an odd choice to have at an airport yeah i just i i imagine it sitting right next to a chili's too and it's just like people are coming out of the chilies, getting their fries before they board the plane, and then walking past this super weird mural. <laughs> so you're saying there's the chilies in the airport? Yeah, you know those chilies in the airport. Chilies two with two zeros. Two oh, I thought you were. I thought you were trying to say because there's like ribs in it, and so you're like those are probably like baby back ribs. What? No, Danny. Why? <laughs> Wait, first off, no. No, I'm not even dignifying that with the response. No, I just, I, my comment is really that like, it is super, biz- like of all the things about the Denver airport, the art to me is the most suspicious. But if you go and like, take like a look at like art history, like all old paintings and stuff were very weird and very symbolic. And there's all sorts of like weird things happening. And I feel like this is just an artist who has done that same thing in a modern day. But it's just like, again, why it was chosen for the airport I just don't know. That's like the part that's weird to me. Like it's just the the wrong place for this kind of like crazy piece. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's got animals in glass containers and I don't know. Well, it's it's strange. But the next image on fire. Oh. Well, you got the trees that are all on fire and then you behind like right here you have the crop so maybe it's like deforestation is killing all the animals and eventually the circle of life will come around and kill us humans too that sounds good i like that that's a good theory i like yeah that's better than anything i came up with um i feel like the girl in pink uh is really about to get an earful from that sperm whale but you know (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's that's just me <laughs> probably right though that firm whale has got some things he wants to get off his chest <laughs> all right so let's go to the next image so here again is another uh 
mural. You could tell this is the one that Trav chose to put as his background, uh, Trav Cole. But this is another strange one to me. Initial thoughts at looking at it, it appears to be like a Nazi type looking uh, military member that's wearing a gas mask, holding uh, some kind of gun that resembles an AK-47 with a knife at the end of it and Amen. wielding a sword. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> let's 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 call it what it is, Dan. The bait. <laughs> <laughs> a bayonet. A gun That's a bayonet. Um, people have like said there's a white thing at the bottom. It's some type it, it's of bird animal. Yeah, it's a dove, and people uh, assume that the dove is him stabbing the dove, which means that he's killing or stabbing peace, because doves are a symbol of peace. Um, and then behind him is just like a series of like distraught people and crying mothers and I guess they're sleeping children, but I don't know. Sure. I mean, I, Let's go I, with that. <laughs> I'm a hard time Why saying. are we moving? He's sleeping. <laughs> they're literally, are they sleeping on a bed of bricks? What are they, Wreck-It Ralph? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just, it's a weird painting. Um, so yeah, I don't know how how you would translate that painting per se, uh, but it's just it's a weird painting. But it is kind of connected to the next image, as you guys can see. Like, in Wait, front hang of on, a, hang on, hang on, as you can see in front of the Nazi-looking dude, it's like a streak that kind of comes up and across and behind him, and turns into this rainbow that then bleeds into the image that's located next to this image in the airport. And now you can go out, and that's the one. Go ahead. Alan's bringing it up here. You didn't want to say something, Trav? No, go ahead. I'll come back to it. I'll come back. And bleeds into this. And then you can see it's just, it's kind of, I mean, it's a bunch of people of all different ethnicities all over the world, um, seemingly celebrating at the expense of that Nazi dude now being dead and buried. and the peaceful doves now sitting on top of him. But it's a weird, it's a weird image. And again, why it's in an airport. I don't really know. I think that uh, this one does a lot to like undo. I think a lot of what we've seen, because you do kind of get a vibe here that this is like, it means well, like it's sort of like all these kind of trials and tribulations and, We've led to, like, you can see on the right down there, like the bottom right, it says, like, war, violence, hate, like, it's cracking. Like, I think the artist's intention was to be positive and was to be peaceful. It's just, like, to get there, you had to go through the dark, which, as standalone images, look super weird. And that last image, what I was going to comment about, I was like, I'm really actually surprised it even got through. I don't think it could get through nowadays. I think because it was made in 95, it got through, but the idea of drawing something with a gun on it after 9-11 seems like it would just, it would never, I don't think that would ever fly in this day and age. Yeah. So in, an, in an airport. Yeah, in an airport. <laughs> yeah. To put up like an imagery that has like gun and people dead and stuff like that. I think this is like a bygone of an era that is just not existent anymore of these, you know, pre-9-11 types of experiences. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, there's another podcast that I listen to sometimes. It's another local podcast um, by a comedian, a local comedian, Marcus. Um, but it's called Area 
52. Um, and they have an episode on this on the Denver airport and they talk about these images. And I, I mean, in the end they said, no matter what, like whatever the translation is behind all of this, uh, however you want to, you know, translate it, I guess for lack of a better word, it doesn't really matter. It just doesn't, cause it just doesn't seem like it belongs in an airport. And on top of it, you would think that in an airport, it wouldn't be just like one dude willy nilly making a decision of like, oh yeah, my buddy's an artist. I'm just going to let him come paint whatever he wants. Um, it seems like there would be several people who would have to approve something to allow it to end up in the airport. And if at some point there was like a mistake where they're like, whoa, this is probably inappropriate to have in an airport. Why wouldn't they just like cover it up and like put something else there? Yeah, but again, I mean, why would you so, post things about like if you're the Illuminati or New World Order, or whatever? Keep it a secret. Don't put it up on your walls. So well, that's like the, the whole thing, and that's one of the reasons why I think like most of this is just bogus. Because it's like, I mean, why, why, <laughs> why create an organization that you definitely want to keep hush hush, and then just be like, wait, 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 let's just put little hints places. Yeah. I think It'll that'll be, be funny. funny. Like a scavenger hunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll know, but they won't know. The Denver airport scavenger hunt of 1995 got out of control. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine them in that type of a meeting? Like, there's like all these evil world leaders um, in, a, in a big old just room with a big old table and they're like, today we discuss the Denver airport's scavenger hunt <laughs> and how that will lead to maybe someone knowing that we exist. <laughs> if movies and comics have taught me anything though, it is that villains love to like blab about their plan. So I feel like maybe that's just what this is. Maybe it was just them being like, and first what we're going to do is put up artwork all around the airport to lure the people in. Yeah, I think psychologically there might be something to that. Like if you're putting so much of your time and effort into something, it's pretty hard to not talk about it to anybody, right? Or to just like completely not let anybody even have the, like serial killers they do that sometimes right they'll they'll like kind of uh-huh. talk the police with the police because they they crave that interaction kind of but this is talking about a whole organization like essentially functioning like a business which feels yeah I guess different so. than like one mental and like they could talk to person. each other about it if there was a whole organization doing it i guess so that would they would be able to get their feelings out i guess if that's <laughs> the concern <laughs> but yeah there's just multiple i mean again there's just these weird murals so put that a uh, stack that on top well, of the caps so with this i can kind of see like it's a airport it's a super busy one it's an international one it it what was that did the plaque say something about uh new world airport or something like that. So this is like showing all the different like peoples of the world, the nationalities and it's saying peace and all. Yeah. And that part is makes sense. Like I think, yeah, I think that part makes sense. Um, 
but the like, whole message of more violence and hate doesn't is what you're saying. Yeah. Like it just, why are you putting all this other stuff in there? I mean, unless it's, I mean, I get, unless it's artist liberties, but you would think in such a public setting that they would be like, Hey, maybe give us a sketch of what you're going to put up there before you do it so that we could be like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but that's just kind of that. So then that takes us to the AU and AG. Uh, that is located on the floor in the Denver airport. Um, this must be an airport thing to kind of put these like gold laden things on granite slabs uh, that are on the floor. Cause I feel like the Salt Lake airport does this too. Yeah. We have um, like, the world in that. Don't we like a globe on the floor? It was like a compass. Isn't yeah. It? Or no. There used to be a world, but I don't remember if that's still there, if they've removed that when they did the renovation and put something uh-huh. else in. But, um, but anyway, one of many pictures that they have on the floor at the Denver airport is this mining cart that has the letters A-U-A-G in it. Logically, you would think it's a mining cart. Denver or Colorado in general has been known for their mining history, uh, specifically that of gold and silver. And AU just happens to be the anatomical symbol on the periodic table for gold and AG is the symbol for silver. So that makes the most sense to me. But in watching the documentary... It's the anatomical symbol. What's that, Alan? Did you say it's the anatomical symbol? Oh, the atomic symbol. Elemental. Nerd. Elemental. <laughs> nerd. I was laughing the whole time, William, like, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the elemental symbol on the periodic table, um, AU and AG. That makes the most sense to me. But the guy in the documentary who the host is interviewing um, through most of the beginning of the documentary um, seems to think that AUAG stands for a virus that is going to be unleashed on the world at some point uh, that will wipe out and decimate the majority of the Earth's population. So I looked up AUAG virus. Um, I could not find anything specifically that was AUAG. I saw like other, like there were viruses that had part of it was AU or AG, but not uh, just an AUAG virus. So I'm not sure if he's thinking it's going to be some kind of hybrid virus between different viruses that incorporate the AU symbol and the AG symbol. Um, well, it's because it's now known as COVID. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen this one anywhere in any of the that's articles right. I've read. Well, then they failed because because it is very slow to get to the point that they want to get to. Um, it's a slow, arduous process. Um, but yeah, so do you guys have any other opinions on this uh, mining cart? No, it's symbol? clearly it's it's clearly a mine cart with gold and silver, which is something that Colorado is known for. It's it's not it's not a very difficult thing to uh, decipher. I yeah. think that they could have. Uh oh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. I think that this is one where, like, 
this guy, whoever they're talking to, just made this up. There's no rhyme or reason for this. Like, I didn't see this anywhere in my reading. And so this one just seems like it's stretching beyond. Because you'd be like, this is actually referring to the great war between Austin, Texas and Afghanistan. Like, you could, like, make up anything you possibly want to put into there. Like, it has no basis out of any fact whatsoever. So it seems absolutely silly. So, like, even remotely have this one be a reason. Yeah, it could just be different readings, like AU, AG. Yeah. <laughs> oh. AG. But if, I mean, <laughs> Trav, my Dell, I think. will forever be known as the dad joke episode from Alan. <laughs> Alan. Alan's dad. Um, but I, instead of being Austin, Texas, and Afghanistan, I think it means Australia and Argentina. Oh, see, I mean, look at that. You took my thing and you made it as more believable than that guy's virus. <laughs> I would have more believed that than that guy's virus. Because at least you based it off something kind of real. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just kind of one of those things. I think if anybody watches the documentary, you can see like this guy, I mean, the host, first of all, seems like he's having a very hard time keeping a straight face when talking to him and listening to all of his conspiratorial ideas behind it. Um, <laughs> but I also came away from this documentary with one thought in mind, and that is, I think there's a very small subset of the population that is your conspirators, right? They're the ones that are the ones spreading all these conspiracy theories, digging into things. They see things that others don't and they make things of things that maybe there isn't anything to be made of. But this group of people, I feel like uses the word fascist more than the rest of the population combined. Would you concur? Sure. Yeah. Because yes. I've. <laughs> be honest, I didn't entirely track what you were saying. I'm going to confess. I agreed. And then I did, thought I'd be honest and say I didn't. No, it's just that the guy in the documentary said the word fascist so many times. Like, do you want to live in a fascist state? You're get us. They're fascists. Like, all these different things. But um, that brings me, though, speaking of this gentleman, this gentleman also brought up a picture that he gave to the main uh, host. Would we go to the norm, the first one first, Alan? The one I numbered before this one? No, you didn't. Um, that one's eight. That one's seven. Oh, mistakes were made. <laughs> Sorry. It's a conspiracy um, about Danny's ability to count. <laughs> <laughs> so here is a picture of the airport runways. Um, so if you just look at it and someone kind of hints that, hey, what does this look like to you? Yes, you can bring up the next picture. You can kind of be like, all right, I can see a general sense that it is in the shape of a swastika. So to him, this is another reason that there's this whole like Nazi-run world, New World Order that is uh, hiding out underneath the Denver airport. And one more reason that they're just wanting to make sure people know is that they're making the shape of their runways into a uh, swastika. You know what? And, and this is where <laughs> just, it makes sense that they have a runway coming in from all directions. Yeah. North, <laughs> east, south, and west. Yes. 
That does make the logical sense, Trav, um, because you need to have runways going different directions because it depends on which way the wind is blowing. Yeah. Um, so my question to is: make sure then, you can land or or take off properly. How many other airports support a swastika landing zone system? <laughs> so what you're that's saying? That's a bigger issue here. Berlin <laughs> Airport, probably. It's really an airport issue that all airports are run by Nazi run New World Orders. Yes. Okay. But so I think we have solved the uh, entire conspiracy. Well, I don't think is what the hell does the New World Order have to do with Nazis? What is the point? Who cares if it looks like a swastika? Nobody well, ever said that Nazis are the New World Order. The Nazis are fascists. So <laughs> I guess that's why. I don't and know. And Hitler, I guess, supposedly was one of the first ones to start talking about the New World Order. Pharrell? Because the New World Order is kind of like, it's a whole ideal, right? So behind, I mean, this is my very, very uneducated uh opinion on this whole thing um but yeah like the new world order is basically what are we gonna do in the future when the world basically comes to an end has to start over that's why there's a lot of stories behind like well this new world order if you were to look at it from an evil standpoint they would be the ones trying to unleash a pandemic or a world war or something that's going to take out a large portion of like 90 percent of the population and so that they can start the world over with their own viewpoints and everyone that's left will be easier to get to conform because they're going to be forced to seek uh refuge or whatever from the people with uh with the ability to recreate and restart uh the the world and put everyone back on like the path of moving forward um so Finally, speaking of that, that's where this whole thing about the Georgia Guidestones, this is like kind of the central theme that this documentary one uh, kind of was based around was these Georgia Guidestones. So the documentary started off um, with a reenactment of a gentleman walking into a bank um, requesting to meet with, the, I would assume, the branch manager of the bank sits there while he's waiting in the waiting room. He's looking at blueprints of this giant stone creation or, or project or whatever. And then he gets called into the manager's office. He goes in there, they close the door, he shuts the blinds and he's like, all right, it's like uh, throws the blueprints down on the, on the desk. And the guy's like, do you need funding to build this? And he's like, no, I don't need funding. And then he opens a briefcase full of money that apparently he can fund this whole project with all he says, what he needs is like anonymity or something like that. He says your discretion, your discretion. So (laughs) one, let's just break this scene down for a second. I work in banking and have done so for uh, 20 years. Well, if somebody already has the money, why do they need to go to the bank at all? Why doesn't he just go hire somebody, give them the cash yeah. to build this 
uh, structure that he wants. I, so to me, it makes almost no sense that he's going into the bank if he already has the funds. Anybody have anything to say about that? Well, he discretion didn't he say he that middleman to go and do the hiring for him. But yeah, why would you go to a bank for that? Yeah, like just, just go to, find a contractor and he'd be yeah. your middleman. Or yeah, cut out the middleman and make the just, contractor say he won't divulge your identity. Or yeah. have the contractor build it and then ice him. That way he can't ever tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, by the way, this picture of the airport is I think this is clearly like in the middle of construction. So it's not even fully built here. Like they did not, these weren't the completed runways. Like they were, I think they even said in the documentary, there were more runways added later, like when it was finished and stuff. So, and this is a second swastika over top of it. When you spin it like this. (laughs) There's two swastikas on top of each other now. It's a double swastika. That's like a really into the Nazis. <laughs> so so this is in the middle of construction because where are all the airplanes? I don't see any airplanes. Has bullshit. Um, if you go to the next picture, though, then you can see. So this next picture is the Georgia Guidestones, and this is what the gentleman, R.C. Christian, who's the one that went into the bank, supposedly asked for discretion, even though he had all the cash he needed to build this uh, monument. Um, but they constructed this monument in Georgia, and they became known as the Georgia Guidestones. Basically what it is, these giant granite slabs that are that four large ones that are standing up and then there's like a central pillar with another large stone kind of resting on top of that and the other four stones. Um, But there's a bunch of writing on it in different languages. So apparently each of these is a, is one of eight languages because there's four stones, two sides of these stones. So each side has its own set of 10 rules that they claim to be the 10 rules that are set by the, New World Order. Um, one of those rules at the very top is once says something along the lines of once the population is down to 500 million or the population will be 500 million, which if you're using today's population, that's like one sixteenth of the population of the year. So they would basically, in essence, be saying that they would be killing off one out of or six, 15 out of 16 people mm-hmm. to get down to this. So that's the whole nefarious point is if you if you think the new world order is evil then it would make sense that you would say well yeah naturally they're looking for a way to get down to 500 million but there is like the opposing view that's saying well okay let's say it is this new world order but what if it was instead of being like a evil uh corporation or something like that what if it was more of like a hey Back when this was built in the night in like 1980 or whatever, it was during the height of the Cold War, and the worry was that there would be some kind of nuclear fallout, nuclear war, and if that were to happen, let's say that the Earth's population did end up down around 500 million, and what would we do, and how would we rebuild the uh, the world from that point? So in essence, it's more of like a hey. This sucks if we get to this point, though. This is, I think, ideally what we should do to move forward and how we should construct the society at that point. 
Did somebody like spill a drink on this stone? Someone sneezed. <laughs> this large sneeze. The biggest sneeze but, ever. So like I can see how psychologically if you went and actually saw it, you would like focus on that number 500 million and what that means over anything else. Cause in all eight, there's going to be the 500 million is going to be the only thing that you can read in all the languages. Yeah. But this true. isn't, this isn't at the airport. This is in Georgia. Yeah. So this is just this connected is to the new world order, not to the airport specifically. Yeah. So that does bring me to my point of like, there's nothing that I heard or saw that necessarily directly correlated the two other than, yes, like the whole idea behind the new world order, um, tying the two things together. Cause I don't think there's anything at the Denver airport that specifically hinted like you should go like, here's the next piece of the puzzle. Like you have to travel to Georgia and check out these guide stones or whatever. Um, but interesting little things about this structure is in the middle there off on the picture if for anybody's watching it, but if not look up pictures of it, there is like a little slit basically cut into it. That is basically a sundial. Um, and then the whole idea behind that was it'd be a way for whoever was left at the point when they were down to 500 million and trying to regroup could then figure out their times again and their dates and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. um, the, the sun is supposed to shine directly through it as it sets on uh, the summer solstice. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's how they would be able to get like the date and the seasons. And yeah. Stuff. Okay. Um, below it... Uh, supposedly there's a time capsule buried underneath the monument, but the dates uh, that where they were supposed to be dates when it was buried and when it was supposed to be uncovered have been removed or scratched out or whatever. Um, but I didn't see anything about that on the documentary um, as far as the, the time capsule goes. Um, and then in the documentary, the main host does end up tracking down the uh, banker who was asked for discretion uh, by R.C. Christian. He goes to visit him at his home, and in talking to him, he asks, well, was there any other plans to like expand this monument or anything? He said, yes, actually, there was. There were supposed to be eight more stones uh-huh. placed around these stones, and they would call those the moonstones, and they would each have these same rules written on them, but in even more languages. So, but that portion never got not built or got built. So, no stones were supposed to have like some similar slit types things in it, so that you could track the like the lunar cycle. Yeah, yeah, that's right, and that's supposed to be kind of re- uh, like a similar idea to uh, Stonehenge if I understood that right. Yeah. <sighs> That's how I feel about that. So, yeah. But again, why, what the I mean, there really is no super tie that I could tell. I mean, Trav, you watched the documentary with me. Did you notice any real tie between the Denver airport and these Georgia Guidestones? No, other than the fact that it was the moment that uh, they did the dramatic scene where he looked inside the slit. <laughs> <laughs> On the and, That's right. And, then, and they got him from his backside. 
he stands up and he dials a phone number and then finally talks to the lady at the airport and he's like he's like this is scott walters and i need answers (laughs) 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 and uh, yeah and but then, she just so casually like accepts like oh yeah well, sure come on down i'll give you an i'll give you a tour of the tunnels dang, so what are what are these called again georgia guidestones the guidestones because he calls and he's like hi this is scott walters i left i'm following up on a message that i left a little while ago i'm here at the georgia guidestones and she's like sure and i'm like <laughs> She like, just knows do you like know what the Georgia Guidestones are? Like, is it something well known? Like, if somebody called me and was like, "Hey, Travis, I'm at the Georgia Guidestones," I'd been like, "What? <laughs> like, what does that have to do with me? Why are you calling me?" But for whatever reason, that was enough for the lady to be like, "Okay, come on by. I will sh- give you a tour of our tunnels." But he, <laughs> when she said that she she'll give him a tour of the tunnels, he did. Like the way he reacted was kind of surprised because he just goes, "Oh, really? <laughs> oh, you will? Oh, okay. I didn't think no one's ever taken me seriously before. <laughs> I just feel bad for you." <laughs> so from here, yeah, he gets he goes back to Denver and he goes and meets with that the woman that he was talking to on the phone. And but mind you, he had called and left a message for her previously. And then he goes to the Georgia Guidestones. Then he leaves there to go talk to the banker guy. And then later he's like, but I had to go back to the Georgia Guidestones on a very special date, which is the summer solstice to look through that slit and see the sun there. So, and then he called and talked to the lady and she said, I can give you a tour. So like, how long was it since his first call to her and then the second one like was are we talking months that he was like and now's a good time on the summer solstice to call her back all staged never know yes movie movie she knew about him calling she wouldn't just offer him a tour to some stranger at the georgia (laughs) guidestones it's all just movie magic So, yeah. Anyway, he goes back, he gets the tour of the tunnels below, which is fine. And the tunnels look very much like what I would imagine underneath an airport to look like. Like Alan said earlier, it's got all of the conveyor belts that are no longer in use or whatever, but used to be how they would operate all of the luggage, uh, maneuvering, maneuvering the luggage and the luggage, what do they call it when they send it up and you retrieve it? The luggage carousels or whatever. Um, baggage claim area yeah but apparently it was like not very efficient and was very very expensive to run so they ditched that and just they left it there Um, probably the strangest thing that we saw in the documentary was a chalk outline of an alien that they just (laughs) drove past but kind of did not mention anything about it just just breezed right over that somebody Um, just had chalk and was like here's an alien yeah. And so but I mean that kind of wraps up the conspiracy behind the New World Order, at least as far as what I had. Um Trav, do you say you had a couple other conspiracies though around the Denver Airport? Because I know there are others. Um 
that kind no, of. No, I mean, yes, by. there are others, but I don't want to. Like, we don't need to go into because we've already beat this Denver airport to death with a like a crazy. We've talked about it a lot, but there's you know other things with Illuminati and all that kind of stuff that I saw that were different things, but we don't need to go into them. Yeah. So in the end, my conclusion would be, I don't think there's much to it. Um, oh, but the banker. I think it's a lot of it's. It just shows you people's ability to create a web and connect things that aren't necessarily connected to create a story or a narrative that fits their beliefs and their conspiracy. But that's kind of the extent of what I would think or say about this particular conspiracy. But the banker who did, who the, it was RC Christian. Yeah, no, he, that's, that's the guy that asked for, yeah, for discretion. discretion. So the banker, the RC Christian asked for discretion, did say that the RC Christian guy, that was a pseudonym, uh, did mention New World Order a few times. That's right. He did say that. But who knows? So what, do you, yeah. what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I'm aligned with you. I think it's just a lot of fanciful art and interesting things that have like kind of correlated to, to lead to some really loose conspiracies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would almost say that like all of the conspiracies we covered outside of this one in a way feel more believable than this one does to me, but yeah, I think this, this is the one that's like kind of the most fun into some degree. Cause you can kind of make up whatever you want and it's very movie esque. I think the others are kind of more built around some form of reality. Um, you know, Travis maybe with Paul McCartney being like the least re- realistic, but um, it's still, you know, kind of based around something. Whereas this one's just like, there's devils and Nazis and horses. And like, it's just all <laughs> goofy. <laughs> yeah. And their, their big like Trump card, as far as proving it is the fact that, the, the ground is made of sandstone and therefore they could be tunneled through. Yeah, which is like so. a lot of the earth, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess that wraps up the uh, Denver airports. What'd you say, Al? With the Ten Commandments written on like stone tablets. Mm-hmm. Yep. But different stone tablets than the Georgia Guide stones. Thanks for clarifying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you want to take us out, Trav? Sure. Not much to say now. I think we said it all. But, uh, you know, if you are listening to this, first off, thank you. (laughs) Second. Do you believe in the conspiracy? <laughs> Do you believe in ghosts? Do you believe in it? Do, Do you, you believe in, in the New World Order? And that for whatever reason, they wanted to put their uh, headquarters in the tunnels of the tunnels of the Denver airport. But um, anyway. Now that was so- one other fact that they said that we didn't mention was that once they Washington goes down or whatever, they're going to move the capital to Denver. Um, 
I'm not which sure has already been done like, in Hunger Games, and so that would at this point be cliche. <laughs> and I don't. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I just never knew that there was like a backup plan. And if there is a backup plan to where or the capital would be, I would have assumed like New York, where it originally was, over Denver. But that's just me. Yeah. So, but anyway, let's in New York because. The whole reason, isn't it? The whole reason they moved, it was in D.C. now is because, like, it was a middle ground between the South and the North. Yeah, but I think we're a little bit past our slavery uh, disputes. Huh? I don't think it's really an issue anymore. I don't think the South is just like, well, as soon as they move the capital from D.C. to New York, we're bringing the slaves back because they're too far away to do anything about it. Uh, you never know in this day and age. Yeah, they still have a lot of Confederate stuff, monuments. I want to do an experiment where we have an episode where Trav and I don't say a damn word and just see how long it goes between you two. <laughs> <laughs> the episode ran seven hours before, they say anything. before Zoom finally kicked them off. <laughs> but Take us anyway, out, Trav. Take that's, us out. that's it. That's all we've. It, there is about this conspiracy. <laughs> no need to talk about it anymore. Um, let us know what you think. Look us up. Uh, YouTube. You want to be the third person to watch this, then, you know, <laughs> you go ahead and do that. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll look forward to interacting with anybody who wants to do the same. But uh, um, yeah, you can catch us on all of our, our uh, social media pages. Just Google it. You'll find us. And uh, this is it. No more conspiracies. We're going to move on to some other things. I can't remember what our next uh, topic is, but... Uh, bios. What is it? Those bios. Real, isn't it? Real, real versus, versus real. Oh, real yeah. versus or Real versus real. Yeah, that's what real it was. Real versus real. So we'll tell you a little bit about that when we get to, when we get to it next week. But... Uh, So stay tuned. But thanks again for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time.